0: Live on SEN Track. Welcome to Breakfast with the Kiwis. Kickstart your day of racing. Have breakfast with the Kiwis.
1: Head to LoveRacing.nz.
2: Good morning. Welcome to a special edition of Breakfast with the Kiwis, brought to you solely by Kiwis this morning. Mitch Davis joining you here, stepping in for regular host Butch Castles. We've got black type racing at both ends of the North Island. Looking forward to this weekend with the coveted Group 3 Bone Crusher stakes out of the 9 race card at Pukekohe Park. And then we'll be heading further down south to Trentham later on where we've got the Group 2 Wakefield Challenge stakes for the 2 year olds. Followed by a class field lining up in our first named edition of the Group 1 TAB Classic. Joining us first to talk about his rides at Pukekohe is jockey Ryan Elliott. Ryan, good morning.
0: Morning, how are you?
2: Yeah, very well, very well. Looking forward to a good racing card out of Pukakohe. We'll just jump right into race two. We've got Panine Way for Ross McCarroll, debutant here who won his sole trial. Do you know much about the horse? He looks probably an even chance. And, well, what looks an open race?
0: Um, yeah, it does look an open race. There's a little bit of form through those current meetings through Pukakohe in there. But um, what I've seen of his trial, he looks quite sh- uh, sharp, so he looks ready to go for. Ross.
2: Yeah, he he did show a bit of toe in that in that trial and I thought, you know, I guess it would be up to Ross's instructions where you land, but I guess being his debut run, you just maybe letting him find his feet and get into a rhythm throughout.
0: Yeah, he's short a nice game, he should be able to pot the up behind him, but Ross has let him mature over time and Ross doesn't send one to the races unless he thinks they can win, so there's uh, high high praise about the
2: horse at the moment. No, exactly. Moving on to race three, you've got one here who looks probably, maybe one of your better chances of the day in Wallen for Shane Crawford. Um, he's arguably one of the most overdue for a maiden victory in the country at the moment, but um, this looks a pretty good chance for him to break through here.
0: Yeah, nearly last start at Pukekohe, he got back and rattled home nice and he just missed, but um, at Tiaraha the race didn't plan out. He, they went quite hard and funny. He was just flat the whole way trying to pick up, but the way he rattled home, he... You shouldn't
2: go and miss on Saturday. No, I agree. Race four, Max Schnell for Denisa Guy. You've got a few of a Denisa Guy tomorrow, but um this horse has come back from Australia. He's probably yet to regain that form that saw him winning a few good races over there. He's back to a probably a better suitable track today, uh, tomorrow. Lower grade of opposition you could argue, and you know, this probably sees his best opportunity to find that form.
0: Yeah, well um, Shane and Emma Clark really had it. I had it before it went over to Sydney and won a few races, but he's come back to more of a open, open field for him to really have a good crack at if he can stay at 2-1 or not.
2: Yeah, no, exactly. And have you have you had a stare on him before, or is this your first time on tomorrow?
0: No, nah, first time for him. Um, just picked up the ride through the owner. He's, who owns Lupo as well, but um, he looks a good chance on paper getting back into his own class group.
2: Yeah, no, I have to agree with you there. Sorry, is that Sean Evercloth worthy, that train Max? No, yes, no, not Denise Guy. Sorry yeah, there. Great. <laughs> Denise Guy, your first one for her is in the next race, Wild West. He's first up off a couple of trials, strikes another even race. Um, he's got a pretty decent first up record. Are you expecting a bold run first up? Yeah,
0: he goes good, fresh. and Wild West actually got it quite well the other day with Lupo Solid Carrier. So there's a little bit of... Um, promise he's going to run a good race first up.
2: Well, that's a good indication, I think he's around the $8 mark in that race, so he's probably a decent chance at odds. The horse you just spoke of, Lupo Solitario, on race 6, gee, looks pretty good chance in the group 3 bone crusher. Um, I probably don't need to say much more, you've ridden him obviously in, most, in all three of his career starts, um, what are you expecting on Saturday?
0: Um, I should speak a bold run from a, a, a expression gallop round to Pukekohe and really was an eye-opener for him, he's actually dropped the penny a little bit, he's a little bit more switched on since he had a few weeks off, and he looks like a strong chance.
2: Yeah, and that form, you know, obviously his only defeat came behind Chris who then franked that, and then he, I'm pretty sure he beat Glamour Tycoon on debut, and that's been franked last weekend as well, so I think, you know, in what looks a pretty even race behind him, he looks pretty standout sort of chance in that race.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a, it's only a small field, so it's going to be very tactical. It's just a shame. Um, Stephen Marsh's runner has come out, and it's just going to make it more tactical how how the race is run.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Moving on to race seven, Jimmy Dean, probably not as strong of a chance as Lupo Solitario. His best form has been on the synthetic. Do you give him much of a chance at odds in the next race?
0: It's a very open nice field with the way it is, but yeah, his best form has been on synthetic, but I think getting back to a more firmer ground for him might be better suited. He's only just coming into fitness, so this next run should be well up in this grade.
2: Absolutely. Race eight, you jump on Tony Pike's runner to Slipper Island, who you could argue he's been pretty consistent last time and he's performed well each run and he runs into a couple of smart ones here. Do you think he can run a cheeky race behind um, Flameburn, uh, Flamebird and Adam I am in this one?
0: Oh, he's he's always put his hand up and put his best foot forward and At another race, it's going to be a little bit more tactical with all the better runners drawing in and out outside him. So um, it's just whether he gets the easiest run possible for him to... Get the extra length on those two horses.
2: Yeah. Race nine, another one for Benfoot. Nancy, she wrote. I actually thought she was probably a nice chance to finish off your day. She second up off a long spell, and her first up run wasn't too bad when being caught wide. Um, have you sat on her before, and what's your chances there?
0: Uh, first time I've be sitting on it. It's another open field, but watching her last start run, she she went super. She set out wide and ran home and kept on strong. Coming back to 1500 will really see sure, her, especially in the open field, and she's probably won at
2: odds. Absolutely. And obviously we've capped off a pretty strong book there of rides at Pukekohe. Would you say Lupo Solitario is your best, or would you be staring to one of the others?
0: Um, Lupo Solitario is probably the best best ride on paper, and I'm sure um, Shane Crawford's runner, Wall, should be putting his hand up too.
2: No, I agree. Best of luck on Saturday there at Pukekohe. Ryan, you've got a great book of rides and look forward to you hopefully steering a couple of those home.
0: Uh, cheers. Thank you very much for having me.
2: Cheers. Thank you, Ryan. That was Ryan Elliott, jockey riding out of Pukekohe tomorrow. He's got a strong book of rides and it should be a great day of racing there at Pukekohe. We're just going to head to a break now. On the back of that break, we'll be joined by Bevan Sweeney, who's going to run through the card at Trentham, where we've got the Group 2 Wakefield Stakes for the two-year-olds and the Group 1 TAB Classic over the mile there for the Open Class Horses. You're listening to Breakfast with the Kiwis. loveracing.nz, your home of New Zealand thoroughbred racing news, previews, reviews, profiles, and more. Now we're going to take a look at the racing out of Trentham, a Group 1 day down there. As promised, we're joined by gun form analyst and presenter, Bevan Sweeney. Bevan, pleasure to join you.
1: Yeah, very good morning to you, Mitch, and uh, to your listeners. Uh, looking forward to the group one day, Ed, to Trenton, of course, the old Captain Cook, now the T.O.V. Uh, classic, we have the Wakefield on the programme, and I can tell you, weather, it's pretty fine, pretty warm, so that track will only improve into Saturday's race.
2: That's what we like to hear, yeah. It's come back to a soft five, by the looks, over the last couple of days, and the rail's gone back to the true. Just on that, Bevan, do you think there's going to be a you know an established pattern throughout the day? We've seen some of those meetings there at Trentham have played well for those on the rail. Do you think there's going to be anything to look out for there?
1: Uh, well, it can play a little bit to the uh, rail early, much when it goes back into the true position, but they've had a little bit more racing. There in recent times with uh, Minerva 2 being uh, reconditioned at the present moment So more racing there, maybe plays uh, to suggest that the track might play a little bit more even than maybe on a normal when the rail goes back into the true position But I think you can probably play early on in the programme, first three races Have a look, just see your form around, maybe on speed and uh, on the rail early And then just assess it from there
2: Absolutely, I'd have to agree with you there, and we'll we'll fire straight into the one of the features on the day, which is the Group 2 Mode Technology Wakefield Challenge Stakes. Group 2 level for the two-year-olds, over 1,100 metres. Early money looks to be for the Andrew Forsman train runner Red Sea for Cambridge Stud. What way were you leaning in this one?
1: I think it's a good running of the Wakefield, uh, Mitch, uh, compared to previous years, uh, Red Sea was good uh, being beaten by uh, the Boom 2-year-old at the present moment, and Velocious did to rap and was only caught late. So early on the program, you'd think uh, it would come across. It's a niggling draw, and it's down the chute for 2-year-olds, so they can get a little bit lost with an experience. So <laughs> I'm going to stick with Poetic Champion. Uh, he is the most natural 2-year-old I've personally seen in the flesh. Looked fantastic at Hawara and delivered uh, in very good uh, form on that occasion. To the eye uh, counties, maybe a little bit disappointing, but didn't think the race uh, shape suited him, and the blinkers come off him, uh, so he might be ridden just a little bit uh, colder than we saw on the day at the counties. He's a really strong fellow by Super Seth, and... Super Seth doing a nice job with uh, just a small uh, crop of horses around. Uh, Dream of the Moon, he look fantastic at Rickerton, delivered nicely. He had some runs on the board. I did like Diablo Blanco. Out of the South Island, uh, I thought it was the match of uh, Dream of the Moon at Riccarton, and its uh, run. I know it ran second, but it was slow away and had to clear traffic. So I, I, I don't doubt the South Island can run a, a massive race here. And look, just don't know around uh, Captured by love. Uh just said the one run at Mickey on a small field, but looked pretty good uh, doing it. Nice natural two-ride I've seen as poetic champion, so I'll stick with him to get back in winning form in the Wakefield.
2: Moving on to the quaddie, it, well, it looks to be a pretty tough quaddy, a very open quaddy on paper. Um, the first of those legs is race six, the market headed by Sleeper, Promised Land, Terra Zetto, kind thoughts are all around that $5 mark. All look to be strong chances. Did you lean anyway in this one, Bevan?
1: actually found some massive valley for you here mitch and it's a horse called always dreaming for aloni kelly uh it ran the quickest last six uh, at wanganui at its uh, debut in behind Glorophilia, who i do have an opinion of and then we all saw wanganui on saturday it was impossible to make up any ground well this horse was second last on the rail turning in and hit the line really strongly and some good sectionals uh, i think the big open track here Will really suit uh the nearby Telperian and Warren Kennedy goes aboard it was at twenty one dollars when I had a look at this uh, yesterday afternoon. I think it's into sixteen. I think it can beat this field just some value for you yeah fourteen now I just I just think uh, it was way over the price it should have been uh, and just on its two runs, which you know you look at them on paper, you think well, maybe not fantastic, but then you' do the analysis and the way the tracks are playing in its sectionals and think well, the mole's going to suit. Uh, Mr. Twinkle Joe's always had a big uh, opinion of that particular horse, the four-year-old by Zakinto, and it delivered nicely, both fresh up and second up. Sleeper, uh, travelling down for Simon and Katrina, uh, it was a good win at Hastings, albeit on a track condition it won't strike uh, on Saturday, so there's always a slight question mark uh, there. And Terraceto. I did my dough on it at our Tooney at its debut. And then Robbie, actually said when we interviewed him it had been going pretty poorly at the jump outs and hadn't come up well at one Uh, so it's a horse with a fair bit of ability I've got plenty of texts from Robbie about that but yeah it just hadn't been going well at the jump outs and then it showed it's true ability race day so maybe just one of those type of horses but I'm going to tip you a bit of value in the first to get a quarry around the 11 always dreaming Warren Kennedy aboard
2: Moving on to race seven, and as has been the theme of what I said, would be the Quaddy Legs, another open race, uh, rating 75 here over the 1,400. Market is headed by uh, the likes of Rusty Lane, Insatiable, and the Hottie, again for Robbie Patterson. Um, Did you find another value on for us here, Bevan?
1: I didn't know where to look here much in race number seven. I think if you're having a Quaddy and you've got something to spend, then spend it. Uh, wide in this particular,ly I do like Rusty Lane, a uh, big free going horse uh, by Atlante for Noel Quinn and Joe Doyle. Was aboard at Rickerton. He'll know the horse well now. He'll work across from a wide gate. He can sustain uh, a good, consistent high tempo, and he should be right there at the finish if he gets across without too much uh, hard work. Insatiable. It was just, uh, a couple of very good uh, efforts down at Riccarton from this horse, Opie Boss, and the Gunner board. So there's no doubt that that horse will be right in the mix as well. Uh, and look, the uh, Robbie Patterson team are flying. So uh, the hottie, if the money comes on, I haven't had a look at that market this morning, but uh, uh, beat home Margarita Veloce at the end of last preparation, which uh, takes some doing. So I expect it to run a race with Michael Aboard drawn uh, a low marble. The Princess uh, looked very good, fresh up, albeit in a weaker race and it strikes today. Looked good at the trials and behind Fongo, who is, uh, which is a horse that you should watch out for. I think it's going to Trenton next Saturday and might be a Wellington Cup top of horse for... Uh, the very successful ownership uh, there. So, oh, look, um, oh, look I'll, I'll be taking a few, Mitch, in, in honesty. I, do, I think I'd even put in a horse like Duncan Creek, who on his day can be very, very sharp, and even Lincoln Falls was better uh, last time, and we know he has a lot of ability. If I, if I was going to go with one, I think I'd be with Rusty Lane. I think actually Princess will be right there, but it's definitely a leg you need to spread it quite wide.
2: Now we move on to the feature, the Group 1, first running of the named TAB Classic at Group 1 level, previously known as the Captain Cook Stakes, $400,000 over the mile, market headed by Aegon, the well-traveled Aegon, obviously started favourite for this race last year and running second to race rival Pre-Defer. Were you on one of those leading chances there, Bevan, or were you staring us into some more value here?
1: Yeah, well, well, the race uh, has changed shape just because of the draws. So I think if Aegon had drawn a decent sort of marble and Desert Lightning had drawn uh, a decent marble, then this would probably be a simple analysis and it would be that Aegon or Desert Lightning, for me, would win most, more than likely Aegon. Uh, he did get run down last uh, a year by Prairie de Fur coming from back. He's not a horse that can sustain a long run, uh, so he'll need cover and, gee, I can't see him getting close to them over the mole here from out there. So he'll have to be brilliant, but he is very, very talented. Desert Lightning might be the one that works across from a wide draw under Vinnie Colgan. And, uh, look, he's a horse who's very much underrated uh, at times. Uh, just forgive give a, a decent run at Te uh, He was very good fresh up and, uh, and looks uh, a group one horse uh, in the making, for sure, for mine. I know he's run second down south in the three-year-old, but I, I think he'll get uh, his uh, time in the sun through the summer. They're both drawn awkwardly. And then I look at Malt Tom who I'm a fan of. Uh, I really am a fan of, uh, and Lily gets her first group one right on Saturday for the clock worthies, and I think she can win. Uh, I know the draw, again, probably is the wrong way round for Malt Tom, drawn inside, and doesn't have a lot of uh, muster early and the light, like to let her uh, sit back, relax, and then come with one quick run. I don't think they can do that on Saturday with Malt Time. I think they have to try and hold a, a spot somewhere midfield on the fence. It'll, it'll need a split, and if it does get that, then I think it's uh, right in the mix, uh, Malt Time as well. And then She's a pretty even amongst the rest of them. Habana's going well. Who's drawn to advantage, I think, is Town Cora drawn too. And if they don't uh, come across and take uh, her on, she can be dangerous uh, in front without any sort of pressure. But I'd, I'd imagine Flair of Wanaka might come across uh, uh, and put a bit of pressure on uh, others to go forward. I'm not 100% sure in this particular race. Where to land, Mitch, is the question, I suppose, um, Lily, I'm going to go with Malt Time. Uh, it's some pretty good value for you in the race. If it gets the right run and gets a split at the top of the straight, then it can finish very, very quickly. But the best of Aegon wins uh, with a little bit of luck and Desert Lightning. If he comes across and gets cover, then he's very, very dangerous in the group one.
2: Yeah, well, I'd actually have to agree with you. It's one of those races where there doesn't look to be much speed on paper. You know, you've got Town Cryer and, of course, I'm Mav, who probably are the likely leaders from those low gates, mm-hmm. But... You wouldn't say that, you know, with the likes of Town Cry, Desert Lightning working across and maybe even Riadini from those wide barriers, maybe Aegon does. Maybe McNabb chances his arm and tries to slide across with them and find a gap behind them early because it could be one of those races where, yes, there may not be much speed on paper, but it may not eventuate that way if everyone's thinking the same, you know?
1: Mm, Well, I suppose uh, you you roll the dice and on Saturday we'll have our senior riders out there and if Michael does push the button and tries to come across and they let him slip in and they really haven't done their job uh, in my mind so look he might find cover uh, he might not if he doesn't I suppose he's three wide on speed and it makes it very very difficult or you ride for a little bit of luck and just trust the horse we know he's very very good and um, look only Michael will know Mitch uh, there's going to be a question for us on Saturday I doubt he'll tell us before the race but look if he got cover forward to midfield then he will become a $2 shot in this race
2: absolutely and yeah best as you said best of luck to lily with her first group one ride she actually has a great chance i thought like you moving on to race nine it's the last race of the card as as has been the theme of the previous legs another very open race one that i'm quite keen on and the early money has been in this corner i think you're a fan of this horse too bevan mr bully T's early money tens into 650. gee it's an open race but yeah. i thought i thought he was yeah. one probably that you could have played odds
1: well, you're trusting him. Rather than going on his uh, first couple of runs this preparation, uh, he is a serious horse. I don't think there's any doubt about that. He's the sort of horse who's been on the market and I think sold before and the vet maybe a couple of times. So he's still with the Thompson and Brown team. But to the eye, he's been a little bit disappointing in his first two runs over the 1,400 metres. The track will be uh, in a good state, I think, uh, on Saturday, and the money's come for him. Uh, local money out of the Hawks Bay, I understand. So He must be on the improve. For me, the best version of him would absolutely win this race.
2: Beautiful stuff, Bevan. Thank you very much for joining us on this special edition of Breakfast with the Kiwis without Butch Castles this week. Looking forward to Saturday at Trentham and have a good day out there.